You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. This review is brought to you by the streaming service Film Movement Plus, which opens up a world of award-winning entertainment, including some of the best films from around the globe. Among the hundreds of titles waiting for you to discover are some of the best films from 2020, including The Wild Goose Lake, Zombie Child, and more. Available on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire, as well as streaming online and on mobile, Film Movement Plus is priced at $5.99 a month. But, as a listener of Digital Noise, Film Movement Plus will give you a 30-day free trial, plus the next three months at 50% off when you use the promo code NOISE. Sign up today at filmmovementplus.com. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. It's giant monster time! So, of course, we're here to talk about Godzilla versus Kong with some of my buddies bringing together the two big monsters of the franchise that Warner Brothers is bringing together. I've got notes. <laughs> I bet you do. Notes upon notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Adam Wingard, who, when he was doing movies like You're Next and The Guest, and now he's like, huge doing Godzilla versus Kong and the fucking sequel to Face Off ha! and Thundercats, the movie, which is he's Ooh, doing I did next. not know that. And let me introduce my co-hosts. I've got Marco. Hello, I have not destroyed Tokyo anytime this week. That was some other guy. Mark. Hello. I'm happy to be here. And, of course, the guy who would shoot me in the head if I didn't let him be on any given review of a Godzilla movie, Matt Frank. It's me, and uh, that is accurate. I mean, to this day, I'm still, like, a salty I wasn't on the Godzilla 2014 review. Because I remember when that movie was announced, <laughs> I was thinking, like, man, I really hope that those uh, those guys that listen to podcasts uh, uh, will let me uh, onto their show. Why didn't you ask? <laughs> I think I think the, the reason was because I was, like, out of town or something at the time. I think I was doing, like, a signing tour or something when the movie dropped. I was doing famous rich people shit. Rich people? I was people? At these poor guys for not letting me on their podcast. My ass. <laughs> Guys, I want you to take a second here. So focus here on this background. It's the room of my dreams. (laughs) I got this one over here. I got this guy here. Which is to say, like, hey, if you're not just listening to the audio and you're not a subscriber, you could be a subscriber at Time Lord and you could actually see all of Matt's absolutely bizarre, incredible Godzilla toys. Hold on. Uh, the shit shit, apparently. Those are the new ones yeah, from the movie. Yeah, they make a lot of loud, obnoxious noises. <laughs> I have one pathetic little shelf full of Godzilla figures I got on Wish, and I thought I was some hot crap. No, man, Matt. As always, you shame me in your love of kaiju. All I've got is the Gamera stuffed animal stuff that Matt gave me. That he's like, <laughs> and I want that one too, by the way. Oh. <laughs> Matt knows. My friends know. It's like I don't need big realistic action figures like that because I don't have room for them. Mm. I like adorable little plush <laughs> <and some> things. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna talk about Godzilla versus 
Kong, or it should have been Kong versus Godzilla. Oh my Fuck God, you. get over <laughs> it. They already did that in 1962. Sorry. It was King Kong I versus was King Go- Kong. King Kong versus Godzilla was the name of the original movie. You're right. I they know. wanted to do something to set it apart. And this is decidedly, as Wingard himself said, A, I want this to be very clear this is not a remake of that film. And B, I want to, unlike that film, have a decisive victor who (laughs) wins in this battle. And I feel like he actually did, in fact, accomplish that, which you go, okay, well, that's going to piss off some people, except they, I thought, found a nice way to make it where you leave with a, no, that's good. They finagled it in a way that kind of worked, because in the original movie, which I have been on record many times saying that it is a comedy that then was recut into a more straightforward film for the American version. The Japanese version is a comedy and it's also kind of an underdog story. Like Kong is clearly outmatched by Godzilla, but he sort of gets this shonen Goku Dragon Ball power up before the end and evens the playing field with Godzilla in the original movie. This one though, they're just like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> so this is five years after the last film, Godzilla King of the Monsters. But way after, like decades after Kong Skull Island. Yes. Because on Skull Island, Monarch is now basically created this huge fucking like VR environment yeah. <laughs> for Kong to live inside Keep of Kong. on Skull Island. Which you think, well, Kong's not pleased about it, but he's also kind of morphed into a guy who's like, yeah, humans are fine. I kind of tolerate them, and I do love the ladies, though, <laughs> as we all know that Kong tends to do. In fact, this case is just a little deaf girl. You kind of made that sound creepy. Let's just be clear. He doesn't love her that way. Let's not do that. It's more of a paternal thing, you know. Mm-hmm. How would it even work in a dirty way? I don't... Uh, okay. <laughs> you just said, he loves the ladies, <laughs> And she's six. By the way, (laughs) six-year-olds. And death. But we all know that traditionally Kong has a weakness for the women. And and here his friend is a a little girl who's the adopted daughter of Rebecca Hall, who's an anthropological linguist Mm. who is basically kind of in charge for Monarch. She's the Jane Goodall for King Kong. And and Kong kind of digs him. Kong's like, I don't like being kind of like this situation, but they don't feel like he's a threat. In fact, the little girl will just go out and just play with Kong. And everyone's like, it's fine. You guys know that meme of Ken Jeong? He's a guy from The Hangover, guy from Community. Uh, there's a meme of him looking like, like looking at something tiny, like squinting his eyes and looking at something. And somebody made a caption that said, Kong trying to figure out what that girl is signing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's like one story now like you don't just have monarch you have the apex cybernetics corporation which is being run by demi and bashir walter simmons he's the father of maya simmons who is a minor character here and you don't really need to know that like she plays a character who's here just long enough to be mildly threatening before <laughs> she's no longer mildly threatening uh-huh. the issue is apparently there's a titan problem because even though the last two films established that Godzilla is not anti-human, even though he's a bit sloppy with his solutions. Mm-hmm. No question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, considering that Boston is a fucking crater, yes. Yeah. yeah, he's a bit sloppy. He doesn't really think about collateral damage. He's man of steel sloppy. <laughs> he needs Tony Stark to come in and go, oh, you need to register. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is dedicated to the millions of CGI Tokyo citizens who died during the making of this picture. Of previous pictures, yeah. to be fair, not this <laughs> all one. of them. But, <laughs> Apex says, oh, now look, they're a problem, because Godzilla comes in and is attacked 
the shit out of like their facility. And anyone who knows anything from the previous films is like, something's up here. Cause that's just not Godzilla's MO. Yeah. I mean, like he doesn't just attack shit randomly. They're doing something to piss him off. Cause Godzilla's into taking out other Titans, other bad monsters. And of course we already know that something's gotta be going on here, but that is an excuse to bring in Millie Bobby Brown as Madison Russell from the previous film. Who's like still a fan. And here <laughs> gets attached to Brian Tyree Henry, who plays Bernie Hayes, who is a technician for them, but it's an undercover job because he's a huge conspiracy theorist who's like, I'm only doing this to crack Apex and figure out what they're hiding Hilarious, that entire subplot. He's not only a guy who (laughs) hangs out with a 15-year-old fan, he's a podcaster. (laughs) (laughs) The connection between these two is Alexander Skarsgård is Dr. Nathan Lind, who is a geologist who works for Monarch, but he is approached by Damien Bashir's character because he has this theory that there's a hollow earth which for the record kids please don't I mean my no. god all it took was one fictional movie to bring up flat earth as an element and now you're all like well maybe oh, there's no. really a flat earth yeah. there's no hollow earth yeah. that's not a thing and also you can't have it both it ways it doesn't exist you can't have both either we love kaiju but it's fiction everybody it's fiction yeah yeah exactly. it's all make pretend down. so he's like well my brother died in the search for the the hollow earth but no one believes me and no one read my book and they all think I'm a crackpot Damien Bashir's like I love crazy people. Come on in. So we've developed a way to get past the hollow earth problem, which is there's a gravity crush when you get past a certain point. It's like we've developed super sci-fi technology. Do not think of science watching this movie. I was going to say, pretty sure none of that science adds up. But you know what? We call that in the Godzilla community, Toho Science. Did you miss the part where I said hollow earth? (laughs) Yes. None of the science in this is real at all. And I think that's like, and just a brief bit of opinion before I go further into the plot here, which is very complex and large. I kind of love best the Godzilla films when they do do wackadoodle science shit. You're like, oh, Marco, I love the original the best. I'm like, eh, I kind of like it when UFOs are coming down and like using like crazy space mind lasers on shit. Aliens with visors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I hope that's the next one. It's got to be. It's got to be an alien. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, Please. there's really no reason for there not to be. I love wacky tokusatsu sci-fi i love wacky japanese special effects sci-fi stuff because it's not about the logic of what's happening it's about having fun and you know it's one of the reasons why whenever people say like oh these movies are so fake you know the old movies are so fake and i'm like you expected this to be real you expected this to be believable like how much cocaine are you on damien bashir is like okay i believe you in the hollow earth why does he care about the hollow earth we don't really know but he says there's some kind of power source or something down there but he's like look we're gonna go down there you hook up with your old friend slash looks like probably romantic partner at some point but never really is explored with rebecca hall Mm. and you're gonna go down there with my new cool floaty ships and you're gonna find the hollow earth he's like well how do you do that so the only way we're gonna find an entrance that'll get us there or find a way through the entrance to get us there is one of the actual kaiju lead us there because there's some homing pigeon thing which makes no sense because when they finally do the thing with a kaiju and get them there you're like well there's the tunnel right there what was the confusion about where the entrance was that whole thing you said didn't follow at all 
there's a portion of this movie that is set up. We're introducing all these different characters and this new company, Apex, and Kong on Skull Island, setting up that Kong is now kind of a sensitive guy. I mean, if he had, like, skinnier fingers, he would definitely play folk guitar. He's, like, <laughs> he's tranquil. Kind of digs humans, actually, on the whole. As long as they le- they're way. nice to him, he's like, nah, we're fine. Live and let live. And he likes to get high, as is clear. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got Godzilla, who is really, I mean, once again, this should have been Kong versus Godzilla for no other reason that 90% of this is Kong. Godzilla is a supporting character in Kong's movie here because they're like, Godzilla's floating around. What's the, why is Godzilla even in this movie other than the beginning where he attacks this facility? Well, because the danger of moving Kong across the other side of the world, which is what they need to do for this whole mission, is that Godzilla doesn't like other kaiju. And the moment one appears on his radar, which he was being protected from on Skull Island, he's going to make a beeline for it. So you've got this whole segment, you've got a whole segment about Hollow Earth, and you've got a whole segment about, well, Kong versus Godzilla. And that's the movie. And we're not going to get too much into, like like I said, spoilers of the third act, or even spoilers in the second act, other than you know mild things. But I'm really curious to know what you guys think. I, I'll tell you, for me, this was the most fun and least boring of any of them. <laughs> I think it's much dumber than the previous two in terms of the science and the plausibility on any level. But that's in its favor because the first two were so serious. This is serious. This is what if this could happen? What if this actually happened with really dull characters that you just don't give a shit what happens to and we're taking way too long to get to anything happening. This one is like right off the bat. Here's the fucking monsters. Here's monsters doing monster shit. Here's a ton of new information. Here's crazy fucked up science. (laughs) Right. But still, all of those dull characters you don't give a shit about. So I'm going to push back a tiny bit. I'm not going to necessarily disagree that the characters are secretly super complicated. They're not. The difference is is that these characters in this movie are singularly mouthpieces for the monsters. They are there to let the audience know why what's happening is happening. I have been an advocate for a long time that you absolutely can have a strong human story with good monster action. But if you're going to do an action heavy kind of goofy cartoony, which this is absolutely the cartooniest kaiju movie I've seen in a long time. Oh yeah. (laughs) You might as well have a very stripped down, very simple, direct human story where again, just the characters are just pushing the plot along. And I think that's fine because as a result, You just get enough of what's happening to know what's happening. There's some funny lines here and there. Also some really weird lines. The stuff with Gia, the girl, the sign language, she was an Iwi girl. She is uh, of the native tribe that lived on Skull Island. She's got some nice little moments that are fine. You know, again, it's about pushing this spectacle forward. And honestly, I would rather have that. Than something like King of the Monsters, the last Godzilla movie, where they're trying to have the movie be about something. They're trying to make it an environmentalist thing, but they wind up making a pro-nuclear movie. <laughs> and it's just dunderheaded, and it just makes the whole thing fall apart. Whereas this, it's like, no, 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 go forward, go forward, monkey, go forward. You- That's exactly how all the performances are. It seems like everybody has been directed <laughs> to just speak urgently and quickly because they're just going to move to the next bit. It's like, here's a block of exposition. Just get it out of your mouth. Don't worry about whether it makes sense or not, because we're cutting to the next thing. 
and the only person who really comes off pretty well is the young child actor by virtue of the fact that she has no dialogue. So she's spared from having to say any of this stupid gobbledygook. I was really disappointed because the previous film had this great stacked cast, most of whom do not return, most of whom work for Monarch. Most of them are gone now. Charles Dance was sort of being set up as the big bad. He's gone. And there's a very good reason why he should be in this movie, but he's just magically gone. There's two groups of people now that I have to learn and Kyle Chandler's also around, but he basically just stands around looking at screens, looking concerned. Oh, he's barely in this. He, he's like, where's my daughter? He barks two sentences. That's it. It's like, who gives a shit, though? Because Kyle Chandler's character was crap in the last movie. He's crap in this movie. He's an asshole already. And it's like, okay, Kyle Chandler, go away. <laughs> I think because this one is so much more bombastic. Again, it is Saturday morning cartoon comic book logic. And as a result, I just didn't find it as offensive because it doesn't have this layer of pretension. Now, I love a good pretentious kaiju movie. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy Shin Godzilla. (laughs) I I like that one very much. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) But if you're going to go hard, go hard. Because this was starting to go past Godzilla territory. Past Gamera territory. This was going into Ultraman territory. This is going to like Power yeah. Rangers, Common Rider, fucking weird, 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 weird no, shit. This is not that weird. It's not quite I've seen that crazier, far. weirder shit. Uh, I guess that's exaggeration. We watch Pacific Rim. This is a mismatched buddy action comedy <laughs> is what this is. You like, I have to pull back and look at it. It's like, it's the two guys and they're both trying to achieve the same goal on some different level. And when they get together, they don't, they fucking like, are like, fuck you until they get into like a punch up. It's like uncertain who really won. And then, but in the end, come on. Like I said, these guys have been <laughs> fighting for 60 years. When are they going to just stop and realize that they're attracted to one another? That's what the movie should be. That's just a lot of sexual tension. They're just fighting. Once again, you watch Dong versus Godzilla, not Kong versus Godzilla. So it was a different movie. That's a classic too. (laughs) There are points in that movie where uh, you actually see Kong have a, I'm too old for this shit moment. (laughs) They literally have him do a John McClane jumping off of the Nakatomi Plaza. There is. That's what it reminded me of. Thank you. That was one of the things that I really appreciated was that Kong really was the protagonist. Like Mm -hmm. he was the main character. He was the one with an arc. It's his movie. And Godzilla really is. I mean, there's a lot of Godzilla, but... But he really is kind of a guest star and he is an antagonist, which I like my Godzilla as an antagonist. Whenever the previous movies talk about like Godzilla is the balance, he's the balance of nature. No, he's a chaos elemental created by atomic testing. (laughs) He's antithetical to the natural balance. He doesn't give a shit. So I like it when Godzilla is just, fuck you, blah, lasers. It was like coming home, wasn't it? I just go, aw, my chonky boy. He is a chonky. I love him. He's a, he's a heckin' chonker. He's, he's a little chonky. I'm always amazed when people are like, who are they going to side with, Godzilla or Kong? Who do you root for? It's always going to be Kong. Just the way you're always going to root for the Predator in the Aliens versus Predator movies. <laughs> you're always going to vote for the species that you are closest to. Like, well, he's a, he's he's That's light, true. he's a hominid. He's he's got eyes like us. He's got feelings. He likes kids. 
You know, he just wants to sit on his beach and relax. He was Godzilla all the way. <laughs> Marcus team Godzilla, apparently. Yeah, I, I knew what I wanted. I'm team Kong all the way, man, because he's a nice, sensitive boy. But he, when enough is enough, <laughs> he will let you know. Kong is fat Thor. We got to go to final thoughts on the audio version of this so we can get to the spoiler version spoilers. of this, which I know y'all are dying to talk about. Let us start off with Marco about your final thoughts. I know you guys love the batshit craziness of this, and I get that. I had a lot of fun with those parts, but I really did want more because the elements are there. And the most frustrating aspect of this movie for me was that you have two teams working at different missions, but usually in movies, those two teams are either working independently of one another and then they work together to solve the goal or they're friends and they split up and then they get back together here they're in two different movies. They don't even know the other group exists. They're never in a shot together. That took a lot of the stakes, a lot of the tension out of it for me, and it just made uninteresting characters even less interesting. I was glad when they would get back to the fights because that's the best part of the movie, and that's fine because, let's be honest, that's what you're paying to see. If that's what you're paying to see, you're going to get your money's worth. If you want a little bit more meat on that bone, well, you might be a little disappointed. I'm going to have to give this six and a half out of ten weird slug-like creatures that are referenced but then never mentioned ever again <laughs> mark what do you think well i enjoyed it a little more than that because i knew what i was in for i was in to watch two lovable but highly destructive animals fight it out with thyroid conditions <laughs> and i got exactly what i paid for i liked millie bobby brown jr and she did the best she could with what she had which was like nothing the rest were totally forgettable. I love the new renderings of both the monsters. I love that Kong does look like he's aged considerably, not just gotten bigger. He's a very different kind of ape. And I love the new rendering of Godzilla. You see the gills when they're fighting. That's relatively new to me. The action is tag team wrestling at one point with, hey, bring on the Jurassic World. That's awesome. I agree with Chris that it was so much more fun-loving than Godzilla 2014 and King of the Monsters, which I did have a lot more fun with. This movie knows what it's doing. And there are little, little subtle tributes to the first movie. There are things that they do yeah. that are very reminiscent. Like, there's a scene where, in the original movie, where there's a tree being yeah. shoved into Godzilla's mouth. Well, they kind of reenact that in a weird way. And there's, there's <laughs> lots of little things like that in the movie that, are, little, little Easter eggs. To cut to the chase, I will give this 7 out of 10 really inopportune moments for the villain to monologue. <laughs> and of course now... We bring up Matt Frank. I am really of the opinion that this is almost a comedy. I was laughing out loud at how ridiculous a lot of this was. But what I liked was that it knew how ridiculous it was. It wasn't taking itself that seriously. And I feel like a hair in either direction. I might have even hated this. Mark mentioned Jurassic World. I don't like the Jurassic World movies. But because this didn't take itself that seriously, because it moved at a good clip, and because my expectations were kind of low, because King of the Monsters, I enjoy it as a fan, not a good movie. This was very loving and very silly and again, very cartoonish. I would have liked a little more with the characters just stretch it out a little tiny bit but if you're just gonna barrel through to get to this spectacle it was fine the character stuff was just it was just there to push the story forward but i was I already said that and it's very appropriate given that the original movie is a comedy and so i'm like yeah let's keep that tradition going so i'm gonna give this seven and a half maybe even eight out of uh, ten hollow earth conspiracy theories i can't believe i'm going to like a godzilla film more than matt Frank, <gasps> but oh, i wow. do i genuinely and unreservedly really like this i think there are times that seriousness is called for in 
this type of epic filmmaking. And there are times when it's not. And maybe part of it is that I just don't take the kaiju stuff as seriously as, as Matt and some other people do, where I'm like, okay, I like it when it gets absurd. I mean, my favorite kaiju film before this one was Godzilla Final Wars, which is the most bizarre and absurd and ridiculous. By the way, by the director of Versus. Mm -hmm. So any of you out there who like Versus, who are like, I want to see something on that level of crazy. Godzilla Final Wars is that level of crazy. You know what? Just don't bore me. I don't want to watch a movie that's all like, okay, so here's a bunch of people who are scientists and they're like, but what if this happens and we're going to do something we probably shouldn't do and then Godzilla gets pissed off and then other monsters show up and then Godzilla fights the other monsters and who will win? Oh, it's Godzilla at the end. I don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. I'm like, that's boring. Throw me some wacky fucked up science fiction shit in there that makes no sense i want it to be absurd and here both godzilla and kong unlike in the previous godzilla films but i think to some degree in skull island have kind of personalities i really felt like they had character and you could feel what they were thinking and feeling and it's absurd and ridiculous and there's so much absurd and ridiculous about the story and yes all of the whole plot with millie bobby brown and Brian Tyree Henry. I mean, it's entertaining enough, but there's literally no reason for it to be there. It's so sandwiched in, crowbarred into the story. They're there just to, to be the like audience avatar for some exposition so you can set up for the final big fight of the movie and what the element, the big surprise element that comes in. It's fine. It still moves quickly. I was never bored during this thing. I was laughing a lot during this thing. The fights are the best in any of the films. They are knockdown, drag out badass monster battles that are like whoa that was cool like in the first Godzilla there's like one cool move pulls open his jaws goes <laughs> right this is like oh my god this is like one badass fucking thing after another between these two monsters and I was super pleased uh, I really like this a lot and I realize that's not going to be everybody's point of view from any different whether you're a kaiju fan or not but for me as someone who's kind of a casual fan I thought this was way fun summer blockbuster type stuff uh, I'm going to give it Eight out of ten brand new kaiju studying companies that kind of came out of fucking nowhere. Unless it's a reference to Pacific Rim. I, there's an Apex robot in, I think, the Pacific Rim Black. You're thinking of the Pacific Rim porn parody that I sent you. <laughs> it always comes back to that, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, well, for Marco. I mean, for me, too. So let's not throw I learned it from watching you. <laughs> dad not this show though that's a private show mm -hmm. you have to you have to subscribe to my only fans 